Welcome to the Awakening Podcast Network. Get ready for an inspiring audio from this cutting-edge voice. You can find more podcasts at awakeningpodcasts.com. A reset of the prophetic movement is upon us. The second wave of prophets is rising in this hour. We stand at the edge of a new era in the prophetic. We're gathering the international prophetic community at the Global Prophetic Center, a hub for prophetic training, prophetic labs, summits, networks, and lighthouses. It's time for prophets to go deeper. It's time for seers to soar. It's time for prophetic voices to rise up and decree what says the Spirit of God with accuracy that causes the world to pay attention. The Global Prophetic Center offers proven prophetic systems and structures to equip you to walk worthy of your calling and to prophesy with precision, boldness, diplomacy, and wisdom. Get hands-on training and mentoring in a safe environment that breeds true prophetic community and learning. Receive impartation and activation. Sharpen your gift and avoid prophetic pitfalls. Get commissioned. Get networked. Get sent out with the word of the Lord in your mouth and the confidence to release it. Begin your journey today by applying at globalpropheticcenter.com. Amen. God bless you. My name is... Alexander Pagani, lead pastor of Amazing Church, located here in the South Bronx, uh, New York City. I want to talk to you today about generational curses. It's connected. It's connection to epigenetic modification. Uh, hopefully, we'll get into uh, can a person be born gay, um, like genetically? Can a person be genetically born gay, or the cells in their body? Uh, predisposed to to information, just waiting to be activated. Man, like, let me say this, guys, uh, that my view of can a person be born uh, genetically predisposed to a particular uh, sin has changed. I say yes now. I genuinely say yes. Um, this has nothing to do with God don't make mistakes. This has nothing to do with that. All right. Obviously, God doesn't make mistakes. So believing that a person can be born gay doesn't mean that you're saying that a person is saying that God made mistakes. We need to get out of these evangelical slogans and church sayings that we say because they end up taking on their own form of truth. And such is not the case. All right. So I'm going to biblically show it to you uh, that a person can be genetically uh, predisposed to a particular iniquity. Uh, waiting to be activated. Also, I'm going to show you that even those that have been delivered from homosexuality still need to go further and sever the generational curses because even though they're not practicing homosexuality, you still look gay. I'm just going to be honest with you. There's residual there. And here's the thing that I've learned, and, I, and I'm just being very honest with you, is, is that if you're struggling with being gay, we see it. All right? Even if you're not practicing it, it's there. We notice it. Your pastor notices it, your first lady notices it, your family members notice it. Uh, it doesn't mean that you're not anointed. It doesn't mean that uh, you're going to go to hell because you're not practicing it right now. But that thing is still, it's all over your face. 
Like you could see it, demons hiding, well not demons, residual hiding in on your cheekbones. We could just look at you and say, okay, there's something still there, even though you're not practicing it. Um, and that's what I kind of like want to talk about today. And I think we just need to be honest with this and it's not criticizing. I have gay people in my family. I love them to death. I'll defend them to the end. Um, it's their right. It's their choice. I'm not one of those. You're going to hell if you die gay. I'm not that guy. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, everybody is anti-gay until somebody being gay hits your family. And then your theology changes, all right? So let's just kind of like, let's get off the uh, you're going to hell stuff. Nobody can send anybody to hell. We're very quick to tell somebody you're going to hell until your son and daughter's gay. And then your theology, oh, now it changes, all right? So I'm just being very honest with that. We just need to back off, all right? Just let people, let people be. You know what I'm saying? They're struggling, whatever. Whatever it is that they're dealing with, let's just help them try our best and let's stop trying to make them a trophy. <laughs> what I mean a trophy is we be trying to convert them and it don't work. All right? Just take it for what it is, man. Just let's help people until Jesus comes. You know? All right? Now, let me just say this. If you die in sin... You're going to hell. There's no way around it. All right. Before the heresy hunters start thinking like, are you saying it's okay to be gay? I'm, I'm saying it's okay to be gay if that's, if you're gay, which means if that's what you do, that's what you do. Now, I'm not the guy to tell someone to go to hell or not, but I would say this. If you die without Christ, you die in open sin, you are going to hell. Whether that's gay or whether you a Christian fornicating, whether you're a Christian, you know, whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's not me. But the question I have is this. Um, can a person be born genetically, genetically gay? Uh, what does being shaped in iniquity actually mean? All right. What, is, what, what, what did David say? And what did he mean? When he said, I was conceived in sin, which means the purpose for which he, his mama became pregnant was through sin. Now, that's a whole nother topic. All right. So, you know, if you're not ready to handle what I'm about to say, log off. But theologians believe and I'm under the persuasion that it is so. That David could have been the result of an affair that Jesse had, uh, which is why when the prophet came, he had he didn't have him in mind. All right, so you could go look this up. Um, this is not absolute, but um, I am persuaded that it is, and I'm gonna tell you why. Because of one phrase, I am the root of Jesse. Why didn't Jesus say I'm the root of David? Why didn't he say, I am the root of Solomon? No, he said, I'm the root of Jesse. Why did he go right to Jesse and said, I am the root of Jesse. I am the branch coming from Jesse. I am the root of Jesse. That's because that's where David's lust problem started. Did you catch? Uh, did you catch what I just said? And Jesus wanted to deal with the root. He wanted to deal with the root of the issue. Let me, let me freely say this to you. What you, the sin, the sin you don't confront in this generation 
will grow in the next one. All right. Maybe you did it once. Did you renounce? Did you confess? I didn't say you didn't, you didn't repent. Obviously you repented. I'm talking about, did you deal with the root issue of why you did that? All right. There's a lot of pastors here watching me. You married because of fornication. All right. So tone down a little bit with people mess up in your church because you married to close the door to sin. You done forgot like t 25 years ago, you and your girlfriend were shacking up and then you wanted to get right with God and then you fixed it and then amen and God is using you. Amen. 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 But now folks is messing up now and we kind of have like this, uh, this zero tolerance with it. All right. So don't, don't go there. Don't go there. All right. Um, all right. So, um, and, uh, and I'll keep your secret with me, pastors, of why you married. All right? Okay, now watch this. Um, what could have been one root issue in Jesse's life grew to about seven women in David's life. Not including Bathsheba. You know what I'm saying? Bathsheba was what we know. But David had a little lust problem. Now, we know David had a lust problem because when they gave him Abishai, when he was old, when he didn't touch her, they knew the king was dead. All right. Meaning, First uh, Samuel, last chapter, says that they gave David a concubine and they said, you take care of him because uh, David likes to have sex. So this lets us know David's alive. <laughs> David's alive. When 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 David when David didn't touch her, they knew. Okay, this man this man is gone. All right. Now, why would they do that? Very simple, because they knew that David had an issue. Let me tell you something. Uh, let me tell you the real reason why David wanted to get rid of. Um, N N N Namoa, I forgot his name, but Abigail's husband, the one that cursed David. You want to know why? You want to know why David was trying to take him out very quickly? It wasn't just because he dishonored him. David found an excuse because he wanted to get Abigail. Oh, come on. Don't play with me, man. How is it? How is it? The Bible says the Lord struck uh, Abigail's husband killed him And then like the next verse it says And David took his wife Come on man don't don't play with me man Stop reading the bible In, in a little evangelical Americanized bubble Read it read it man Read the text Read it and 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 Conceptualize what you think is happening That That's, that's not get, that, get Stop being afraid of I'm gonna get into error You already in error all this foolish preaching we're doing nowadays, folks are still bound and broke and stuck. Okay, how is it that the next verse says, and David took her, David took Abigail, like literally just took the next verse. Man, he already, when he was on his way over there, he was like, okay, ah, uh, all right. Now, not only that, but we find David 
having a bunch of children. In total, David had about maybe eight children. We know that there was three of them that had issues, Adonijah, um, Absalom, and there was another son, I don't remember, but the rest, he had other sons and daughters from all of his wives. He had like about four wives, if I'm not mistaken, four wives, maybe eight sons, and um, and the Bible doesn't even register uh, how many daughters how many daughters he had? It says, and David had sons and daughters. We don't know who his daughters were. Okay, okay, so, okay. Now watch this. What happened at seven o'clock at night? Now I'm, now I'm, now I'm just talking foolish now, but what happened at seven o'clock at night with Jesse ended up becoming seven, seven issues with David, because we find him having, having some sexual issues. Uh, that by the time it got to Solomon, he had 700. Let me, let me, let me just say this. What you going to do with 700 wives and concubines? I don't think there's a man on earth that could have intercourse and intimacy that many times. Like, what you going to do? Like, how many? Let's do the math with that. Let's just do the math. 700 wives. All right. Well, somebody do the math for me. 700 wives. Times 365 days or divided by 700 divided by 365 days. That means every day you're just going to have to. I, I don't know how that worked. Now, um, here's the issue. Um, King Solomon did it to solidify his kingdom. That was wisdom, which means uh, if I could have the grandbaby to the kings around me, they won't attack me. So that's a whole nother. That's a whole nother. That is called acquisition of territory. That's Solomon bought up all the companies around. So he married, uh, he married all the king's daughters in the whole region so that nobody could attack him. That's, that's, that is a gangster move. He bought out all the companies. <laughs> okay. So what does this got to do with epigenetic modification? Uh, very simple is. The Bible says, I'm going to show you something that's going to be very, very, very different. And you can feel free. You don't have to agree with everything that I say. You could, you could question in the chat room. D don't, don't respect me so much that you're afraid to ask a question. You know what I'm saying? It'll be like, I don't know about that, man of God. You know what I'm saying? It's all right. We're just dialogue. It's non-salvation topic. All right? All right? This doesn't affect our salvation. But I would say this. Um, you know, um, the Bible says in the book of Matthew chapter 5, store up treasures for yourself in heaven now if you think that that's money you missed it that's not money that's it it's information it's data it's a bank account it's not money it's not like you're not you're not now god is going to give you obviously jewels and all that but let me tell you something do you think that Jewels, diamonds, and all of that mean really anything in heaven? Like when you get up there, you're gonna be like, okay, Lord, give me my, give me my, I wanna be iced out. I want my treasures. Ice me out, Lord. Now he's gonna ice you out. But you think that that matters in heaven? You think gold matters in heaven? No, it, none of that stuff really matters in heaven, guys. So when he says, lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, what he is basically saying, and I'm giving you everything that I'm saying is apostolic revelation. I didn't learn this from no book. This Holy Ghost stuff that God tells me. This is information. God is saying, lay up for yourselves information in heaven. Where do our children and where do our bloodlines come from? They come from heaven, right? 
What do I mean by that? Okay, your life is a book. Your life is a book. There's a book of life and then there are books. Behold, I come to do thy will, O God, as it is written about me in the volume of the book. That is Hebrews chapter 9. It says, Behold, I come to do thy will, O God, as it is written about me in the volume of the book. Which means God's will is in a book. The book is your life. Your life is in the book. That's why David said, teach me the number of my days, which means tell me which page I die. So that way I could prepare myself. When someone prophesies to you, what they're doing is they're taking a chapter and a verse and giving it to you ahead of time. So by the time you get there, ugh, don't play with me, man. Don't play with me. I'm tossing out bombs right now. Okay, watch this. Watch this. Okay, look, look at this. When a person is born on earth, when you and your parents come together, when you and your parents come together, when you and your parents come together, okay, the Bible says the spirit, Ecclesiastes chapter 12 says when a person dies, the spirit goes back to God who gave it. Okay, so that means when a person is conceived, God gives a spirit. The Bible says that God makes us partakers of his divine nature. Second Peter chapter one, which means God extends himself. He takes of himself and he gives it out. Okay, the Bible says, the next verse in the book of Hebrews says, Behold, I come to do thy will, O God, as it is written about me in the volume of the book. And then it says this, You have prepared me a body. So once God writes out what he wants you to do, he breathes out of himself, his image. He extends his image. He puts it in a fetus. The fetus is the body, the body. Now watch this. You are already born with this book. This book is called your ordination. Behold, Jeremiah, before you, I formed you in the womb, I ordained you, which means there was already a book. Okay, this book, this book, listen to me, is treasure, your treasure. Which means a person can be born with a lot of information. You want to know why I go hard for God right now? Because I want my bloodline. I know what it's like to grow up half my life in the street, in prison. I did half my life in prison. I know what it's like with having bad information born into bad information. So I'm going to spend the rest of my life going so hard for God that my children and my grandchildren and my great-grandchildren will still be reaping the benefits of my treasures. You miss what I just said. So when a person is born, they're born with treasures or they're born with an empty bank account. Oh, I feel the anointing. How long? How long? About 20 minutes. Oh, my God. Look at this. Okay. When I, okay. Watch this. This information can either be blessing or curses. You missed it. This information. Okay. Watch this. The information can either be blessing or curses. Now watch this. Okay. Look at this. David said in sin. Did my mother conceive me? We dealt with that topic, potentially. We'll keep David's secret to us. Then it said this, I was shaped in iniquity. That's where the spirit comes in. You miss what I just said. The conceive is the sperm and the, the, sperm and the ovary. That's the conceived part. The iniquity is the information. It's the information. Okay, what is epigenetic modification? Epigenetic modification means that the cells of your body Behind the nucleus, behind the protons, behind the electrons, behind that, there is what is called histones, I-H-S-T-O-N-E-S, uh, or his tones, or his undertones. All right, that's a whole other topic. I just, that's just a wordplay. Okay, histones. Now watch this. Each cell in your body can be programmed by the information and the actions that you carry out. That is why it is said that all it takes is 21 days to establish a habit. Why? Very simple. The cells in your body are now 
programmed with new information. So now you wake up and don't have to tell yourself, go for a jog, drink your green smoothie. Now you wake up and now your histones, your cells in your body, your, the cells in your body are now telling you, telling you, uh, get up and go do it. And it becomes easier. Why? Because now in the beginning of your diet, it was your mind at the, at the end of 21 days. Now it's your cells. Don't play with me, man. Don't play with me. My revelation goes vast beyond deliverance. All right. Now watch this epigenetic modification. Okay. Now watch this. Watch this. Animals have it. It's called cognitive recognition. Now, animals don't have reasoning like you and I, but they have what is called cognitive recognition. Cognitive recognition means that the animal, the cells in the animal's body program itself to know what to do. That is why a uh, rat poison, after a couple of generations uh, to a certain particular rat species, they become tolerant to it. All right, so now what happens is that the exterminator has to upgrade the potency because now the rats have developed a tolerance level for that particular type of, uh, type of poison. All right, so this is why they're always kind of upgrading this. Now watch this. The same can be understood in a virus. We are on the 19th version of COVID. We are on the 19th version. I wonder what would happen when it will become COVID-20. You missed what I just said. We are on the 19th version of COVID. The, the coronavirus, we are on the 19th version. Which means there was a one, two, three, four, five, six. Okay, now watch this. That's because the virus itself evolutionizes itself or however that thing works. Biochemistry, microbiology, whatever the case may be. Okay, watch this. Look at this. Sin is the same way. You don't believe so. Well, the Bible says in the end time, because sin will abound, the love of many will become cold. You miss what I just said. The Bible says because sin will increase or evolutionize or, or mutates, love will de-evolutionize, which means love will get less and less until eventually people will become cold. I'm not, I've, I've watched people become cold even in a COVID-19 pandemic. You know, for a second there, I thought people would change on Facebook. Haven't you noticed that the last month people have gotten back to their old negativity? The fear of dying has left already. Whole nother topic. Okay, now watch this. Watch this. Okay, let's keep going. Look at this. Okay, a person is born. The person is born. Okay, now watch this. If the person is born in sin, obviously we're all born in sin. Okay. Um, now, if you're married and you're conceived in marriage, there's a blockage but you're still born in sin. Okay, now watch this. Okay, the, the, the sin opens the door to the iniquity. The iniquity allows the information to shape you. You get shaped in iniquity. You get conceived in sin, but you get shaped in iniquity, which means my nose, my ear, your eyebrows, your beard, your hands, that's shaped in iniquity, not sin. Did you catch what I just said? Now watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this. Okay, okay, the person is born, the person is conceived, but now watch this. Now, while they grow in the womb, while they grow in the womb, the information in the book, whatever is deposited in your bank account, in there, gets embedded, interwoven into the cellular biology of the person, which is why your little 
baby can act like grandpa, walk like grandpa, but grandpa been dead 30 years. You remember grandpa because you were 15 years old, but now 10 years later, little, your great, your, your grandchild is acting like great grandpa Willis. And you're like, look at him. Look at him walking just like grandpa. Wow, that's crazy. It's so crazy that we even tell people, come over here, look at this. Now go ahead, baby, walk, 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 walk. And anybody go, and then you go, who do, who did that remind you of? They go, that man, that, that look like grandpa. Where do you think they get that information from? They got that information because of the treasures that are in heaven that are interwoven into the cellular biology of the person, not the spirit. The spirit of a person is pure. The spirit is born in sin. It needs to get regenerated. But the information in the spirit is pure. It's singular. But the body, the body is shaped in iniquity with information. That is why the apostle Paul did not say spirit. He said first the natural, then the spiritual. You miss what I just said. Demons need the natural. Demons are not looking for your spirit. They can't do anything to your spirit, but they are looking for your body. You miss what I just said. <laughs> the demons, they're not looking for your spirit. They're not looking for your mind. They're looking for your body. Like give me, give me, give me the, give me the physical part. All right. Because a spirit cannot enter the natural without the natural giving it permission. Okay. Okay. Whole other topic. Okay. Now watch this. Watch this. Look at this. This information, this information. Oh, and let me just say this. Everything that I'm telling you is in my upcoming book, The Secrets to Generational Curses. Be on the lookout. I get excited talking about it. Watch this. Look at this. Now I'm going to, this, this has everything to do with being born gay. This has everything to do with being born gay. Now, watch this. Look at this. Look at this. Okay, look at this. All right. Everything that I'm saying is Bible. It's all scripture. I'm giving you scripture. I'm just not reading it, but I'm quoting them to you. Okay, watch this. You're shaped in iniquity. Watch this. Now, I'm going to show you how this works with the story of John the Baptist very quickly. Okay, Elizabeth is with child. Mary comes. She was child. Watch this. I'm going to show you something. I'm going to show you how it's all about the genetics and what you do in the natural. Watch this. Look at this. Elizabeth hears her cousin Mary speak and the Bible says she got filled with the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says John got filled with the Spirit. So can we agree that John was the first one to get baptized in the Holy Spirit? Now, if you're having a hard time with that because you're like, no, everybody that got baptized with the Holy Spirit is on the day of Pentecost. Oh, uh, no, that's not Bible. First of all, John chapter 20 says that the disciples, he breathed on them and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. But the Bible also says that John the Baptist was baptized in the Holy Spirit. It says he was filled with the Holy Spirit, filled with the Holy Spirit in the womb, in the womb. John, John the Baptist. Okay, watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Look at this. Mary leaves and the Bible says that Elizabeth is so embarrassed about having a child at being old, that she hides herself. She isolates herself. She just hides herself from everybody because she don't want nobody talking. You could go read this. It says, and, and it says, and Elizabeth withdrew herself until the child was born. Okay. John is born. And guess what happens? When God begins to use him, what does he do? The cells in his body respond to the information that was programmed there by his mama. 
So because his mother withdrew, John withdrew. John did not evangelize. You had to go see John. Where was he at? In the wilderness. Very easy to be in the wilderness withdrawn when your mama was withdrawn. You miss what I just said. So John was in the wilderness because his mama was in the wilderness away from everybody. Did you catch it? Okay. Now, John is a whole other animal there. I could just go into all of that because how you could... Let me get away from that. Okay, now watch this. Now watch this. In sin did my mother conceive me. In, in iniquity, I was shaped where? I was shaped. So David is born loving God. Loving God. But there's information in here. There's information in here. And guess what? The information remains there until someone waters the, someone waters that seed. So one day, Bathsheba was watering herself. And guess what? That which was in David, which was in his father, rose up. Rose up and out of nowhere, David commits the unthinkable. And then he goes down a dark path and he even kills. Did you catch it? God overlooks his sin because God already had made a covenant with him uh, about the Messiah. Look at this. Look at this. Look at this. Okay, but we see David all throughout his life having issues with lust. And then Solomon is born. Ah, and then Solomon is born, peaceful. And guess what happens? He becomes the inheritor to the throne. He, he's a wise businessman. And he said what? He acquired all the businesses around him by marrying into all the families. And guess who he marries first? Which is the whole reason of the story of the Song of Solomon. And this is a whole other topic, but I could... He, uh, the Bible says he married a black woman. I'm not even going to get into that today because the girl in the story is actually saying, why are you guys looking at me down? Because I'm black. Because the sun has blackened me. It's a whole other topic there. Okay, that's a whole other topic. All right, and I want to get into that today. Now watch this. You know what I'm saying? Look at this. Watch this. Look at this. Look at this. Okay, so watch this. And then Solomon does the unthinkable. He goes and he makes his main wife an Egyptian, the daughter to Pharaoh. His, he builds her a palace. He builds, Solomon built three things. The temple, his palace, and a palace for his main wife, which was Pharaoh's daughter. Now watch this. The Bible doesn't say that Pharaoh's daughter turned his heart. It said some of the other women, the Sidonian women, and them, and they turned his heart. Not the, the Egyptian woman didn't turn his heart. <laughs> okay. So then watch this. Watch this. Watch this apostolic revelation. My God, you better, a little bit later, you better sow a seed to this because I'm tossing out what I could have just told you. Read it in my book. Okay. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. So out of nowhere, 
Solomon marries 600 wives, 700 wives. Why? Everything was fine until the right conditions. What was the condition? When he inherited the throne. It wasn't just what was coming down from his father's bloodline. It was having absolute power. So I could marry concubines? Oh, so I'm going to marry 700 of them. Did you catch it? In the end, Solomon lost control. We know the story. And the whole book of Ecclesiastes was written when Solomon was in a very dark place. Let me just freely say this. This is my personal belief. The book, the song, the book of Ecclesiastes was written by Solomon when he was already backsliding. All right. But that's a whole nother topic. Now watch this. Now, what does this got to do with epigenetic modification? Very simple. The information is already stored up in your body. That is why Paul said, it says, Deliver yourself from the filthiness of the flesh. Paul even went a step further and said, Romans 7, he said, Who will deliver me from the body of this death? The body. Because that which I want to do, I don't do. And the things that I uh, don't want to do, that I do. So watch this. Look at this. You're going to get mad because I'm going I'm I'm to rock your theology. Then he says this. When I do it, which is what? The sin. It is no longer I, but sin dwelling in me. Wait a second. Now, either Paul is shifting responsibility or maybe we've been taught wrong. <laughs> he basically said, when I sin, it's no longer I. It's not me doing it. I'm not doing it. Uh, notice how Paul would have a lot of issues with our churches today because most pastors are slaves to stop saying is the devil is you my brother is you is you it's not the devil is you is you paul says it's not you ah i'm getting excited okay watch this watch this watch this how long have i been on okay 38 minutes 40 minutes close to a sermon we'll take some question and answers hopefully watch this watch this watch this look at this Look at this. The person is born with information there. It's there. Everything is fine until someone comes and life, life waters it. Oh yeah, life waters it. Life waters it. Whatever waters it. Maybe somebody evil comes and tempts you. Whatever. Demons come, tempt you. Uh, you're going through an issue. You're going through a situation and, and that makes you want to go do it. Okay. Whatever the case may be, it gets watered. And now, watch this. Now, you find your thinking and desiring that which you thought. You, you think preachers wake up one day? Wanting to sleep with their spiritual daughters? You think that they just wake up one day ready to commit adultery and sleeping with their spiritual children and sleeping with their spiritual children of the same sex, knowing they're going to lose everything if they get caught. You think people wake up and just do that? They don't wake up and do that. No, that thing has already been there. That thing has already been there. That thing has already been there. Something watered it. Something watered it. Now watch this. 
Watch this. What watered it? Watch this. Watch this. Information. The algorithm of sin. Let me tell you something. What you do today is building the algorithm for your bloodline. Rakoshe Katana. What you're doing is building the algorithm for your bloodline, which means data, data, information. And then the devil knows, oh, I could, I could tempt this bloodline. I could tempt this bloodline because they're always criticizing their pastor. They're always going at people. Oh, we could go, we could help them. Uh, 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 you know, it's easy for, for a Christian to say there's no such thing as tithing in the New Testament when your whole bloodline has been cheap with money. The algorithm, I, that's why I don't even get mad at people anymore. I'm not, I, I just don't even care anymore because people are carrying out what the information has been put in there. That's why it does matter who you listen to. It does matter who you get under. All of that stuff is information. It's information. All right, now watch this. Watch this. So a person is born. person is born. The issue is not God makes mistakes. Get delivered from that white evangelical American Christianity church slogans because nobody's saying that someone's born gay that that God made a mistake God don't make no mistakes. He is sovereign But what is what what we're saying is a person can be genetically predisposed to a particular line of thinking or Sinful action they could be on they could be genetically predisposed to Act a certain way so that's why you can look at a two-year-old and say, that little boy is gay. There's something in there. There's something in there. We, we ain't going to say nothing because we don't want to offend the parents. But we can look at that little boy and say, oh, there's something in that little boy. Nah, man. Nah, nah, Lord. Nah, he's only two. Nah, nah. And then when they get, by the time they hit nine, you find that little Johnny really was gay. Wow. Like, I saw that when he was two. Genetic predisposition. Did you catch it? Genetic predisposition. It doesn't mean they are gay in the sense of identity because God makes no mistakes. But they're born with information. They're born with information. Information that's there. So, and don't even let me get started if the father has a girl but really wanted a boy and the girl in the womb hears, oh, I wanted a boy. Now we got a girl. Oh, well. Well, guess what information is in there? Well, guess what? The little girl grows up wanting to be a boy, looking for validation and affirmation. That's a whole other topic. Okay. The cells in your body, the cells in your body, and I'm done. 42 minutes. Perfect. All right. The cells in your body begin to evolutionize in what is called epigenetic modification, which means the cells in your body begin to understand this is what this host desires. This is what my body wants. So because this is what my body wants, I'm going to continuously give it to him. Right. So when a so when someone addicted to drugs tries to stop, they go through withdrawals. You want to know what's really crying out? There's, there's, their cells. Their cells are saying, dope, I want more crack. I want more dope. I want more dope. I want more dope. I want more dope. So they go through withdrawals. What do you think the withdrawals in? It's not in their spirit. It's not in their mind. It's in their body, their body, the cells through epigenetic modification is saying, where's my intake? Where's my intake? That is why many of you cannot handle a morning without your coffee. That's why many of you cannot handle 
That's why many of you cannot, uh, that's why many of you cannot handle, alright? That's why many of you cannot handle, you can't handle being a Christian without gossiping. Being a Christian without being negative. Being a Christian without being fearful. Being a Christian without worrying. It's all information. It's all, it's all information. It's all information. Watch this. That a person, look at this. The cells in their body are genetically saying, I want to do this sin. I want to do this sin. I want to do this sin. So the mistakes you try to stop in your daughter, your daughter ended up doing it anyway. You could have moved out of your city. That helps. You done moved out of your environment. That helps as well. But your baby girl still married that joker just like you married that joker, their father, that you ended up having to run for your life. As much as you tried to not even allow them to even know who their real father was because their real father never wanted to do with them, they end up marrying somebody just like their dad. Where do you think they did that from? Information coming down from the father's side. You missed what I just said. For Jesus said, I can do nothing but what I see my father do. A person has the genes of their father. They could do nothing but what they see their father do in the spirit. How does this get handled? Maybe I'll get on tomorrow and go to part two to this. Now you know why Jesus said, you must be born again. This is why Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 19, Behold, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. I'm going to leave it there. All right. Now look at this. 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 Watch this. I'm going to give you another blessing. I shouldn't give this to you, but this is in my book, but I'm going to give it to you. Now you know why God was trying to kill Hezekiah. You want to know why he was trying to kill Hezekiah? Because he knew in Hezekiah's bloodline was a, was a what? Was a Manasseh. Manasseh was the worst king that ever existed in Israel. He reigned the longest, 52 years. In the end, he repented, but okay. Who was born during that 15 years that God extended to him? Did you catch it? The Bible says that when God added to Hezekiah 15 years, the Bible says that... The Bible says that within that time frame, Manasseh was born. Now you know why God was trying to take him out. God was trying to take him out before that child would be born. But God said, I'm going to let it live. I'm going to let you live 15 years. But you have no idea that these 15 years are going to cause the next 52 years to be in complete idolatry. Did you catch it? Ah, you missed it. You missed it. I'm gonna leave it there. I'm gonna leave it there. I'm gonna leave it there. You have gifts. God expects you to use them. If you need training to school your gift, log on to schoolofthespirit.tv. You'll find training in spiritual warfare, prophetic ministry, prayer, Sears Ministry Writing, 
and so much more. Go to schoolofthespirit.tv today. You want to go deeper? Get equipped to overcome and walk in God's purpose for your life at Awakening House of Prayer's online campus. You'll experience an online family, preaching, teaching, and prophetic impartation for victorious living. We have over a thousand members online hungry for what God is saying and doing in the earth. Visit ahop.online today and join our family. This has been a production of the Awakening Podcast Network. Jennifer LeClaire is the founder and owner of APN. Our heart is to inspire people and exalt Jesus with every broadcast. We're grateful for our advertisers and supporters that make these podcasts possible.